Welcome everybody to the 30th episode of the Struggling Scientist podcast. This is a podcast by scientists, for scientists, anybody science adjacent and perhaps even hobbyists. My name is Susanna and I'm here with my co-host Jerome. Hi. So today we have another episode of the Cutting Edge Research series. And we're going to talk about a paper that I saw on the I Fucking Love Science social media. And they had the title, Researchers Screened at Reds for Three Weeks. Turns out it causes fertility issues. Well, that sounded so funny that I definitely had to re- read this uh, research article. So that's what we're going to uh, talk about today. Just based on the title, I have so many questions. Yes, exactly right. So let's start. So, three weeks of screaming at rats. Yeah. Why? Well, what was the, the reason for that? <laughs> Uh, who that's, funded that this? That is what I was wondering too, yeah. Who, yes. <laughs> Do we want to get into the results first or just why, how? <laughs> how about we start with uh, who actually did this? Oh, okay. Because whatever PhD years made this their life work, I feel sorry for them. Or, well, yeah, I don't know. They mm. did publish. <laughs> I mean, it also depends, right? Like if they're doing a metal band along the side, then screaming is good for them. So. <laughs> Did they have to scream it? I'm, I have so many questions. <laughs> so many questions. <laughs> Maybe we yes. should just get into the paper itself. Uh, okay. So the paper was published in Endocrinology. Oh, God. <laughs> and it was published on 10 May uh, 2022. So literally like four days ago. Cutting edge here. Um, and the authors are from the city of Xi'an in China. Um, and the first author is called Huenyan Qi. And the last author is called Ruting Qi. And to be honest, that this is done in China already makes makes so much sense. Um, <laughs> you don't think? Well, sure. I don't know if... <laughs> of uh, course screaming and rats happens in China. Everything happens in China. That is both good and bad. <laughs> <laughs> um, and the title of the paper is Scream Sounds Induced Chronic Psychological Stress Results in Diminished Ovarian Reserve, reserve in Adult Female Rats. You're sure it's psychological and not physiological? I am 100% sure that it's psychological. Okay. So this is uh, not a biological paper? Uh, <laughs> so this is about female rats. We only screamed about uh, at female rats, of course. We didn't even test male rats. Yeah. That's <laughs> already, yeah. <laughs> so <laughs> now <laughs> to get back to your actual question about why, uh, this I also wondered. And they actually had a pretty good like explanation. They about always it. do. <laughs> <laughs> you yeah. know why we needed to listen to thirty two hundred hours of gorilla chess beats <laughs> because reasons. <laughs> Indeed. So the reason is that they wanted to know more about fer- fertility issues and quite specifically about uh, diminished ovarian reserve. So it's all about uh, the amount of egg cells women have left, follicles, egg cells, and uh, that's named diminished ovarian reserve but it's less than it's supposed to be and this becomes more and more a problem because women decide to have children a bit later in life or other other reasons uh, are exposed to more screaming (laughs) or other reasons um makes their their um ovarian reserve just less so they wanted to know more about this and it is known that it's ovarian reserve is impacted by multiple factors uh genetic Iatrogenic, and I have to admit, I had to look that up as many words in this paper because they do like difficult words that, that are totally out of my field. Uh, yeah, that's disclaimer, I know nothing about fertility research, so this is going to be fun. Um, 
uh, it, eotrogenic is uh, basically everything that has to do with medical treatments and the uh, after effects of that. So that can diminish the ovarian reserve, for example, cancer treatment. We're um, screaming as we're about to find out. <laughs> wait, wait with the screaming. <laughs> no spoiler, sorry. I'm, I'm getting too excited. <laughs> also, environmental factors. Um, oh. Can have an effect. <laughs> <laughs> I think we can we can put the screaming under that. <laughs> yes. Is this a major risk factor in China or something that we're just? Is this something cultural? <laughs> no, no, no. Um, however, most often the cause of this ovarian reserve depletion is unknown. Uh, so more research is required, of course, because we need to know, right? <laughs> um, <laughs> now it is known that uh, psychological stress has um, some effect, and it's really an area of considerable attention. So, um, for example, it can have real... uh, Stress can really have an effect on your reproductions. For example, it can cause functional hypothalamic amenorrhea. Again, this was one of the things that I had to look up. It's basically when um, you have a lack of your menstruation caused by stress. Why didn't they just say that? I wonder this myself, but That'd yeah. Be fancy. Um, so it's basically we know that if you are under a lot of stress, your reproductive can go like haywire and your menstruation can like stop for a while, which is not good. No, no bueno. Um, however, uh, there are very limited studies on the um, consequences of chronic stress on the ovarian reserve. And again, that's what they wanted to know here, right? Um, However, we do have some other previous results. (laughs) (laughs) Apparently, women with severe depression have a two times faster rate of going into menopause. Uh, Yeah, this this is went from a happy paper to like a quite depressing one quite fast, right? Yeah, that and this is all still in the introduction, huh? This is also an introduction. Cool, yeah. cool, cool, cool. Um now uh, another second clinical study showed in depressed women before menopause that they have a higher follicle stimulating hormone and that they have a greater antral follicle account decline. Words. Yes, a greater antral follicle account decline. So that means less of the resting stage follicles. Okay. Um, however, then another study showed that uh, in childhood cancer survivors, they found no difference between women that said they were depressed and said they were not depressed. So the, the debate is still ongoing. The debate the is definitely still ongoing. Okay. In, um, depressed, good, depression, good or bad? We don't know. <laughs> we not don't know. good. <laughs> not good. And, but yeah. Um, their conflicting results might be caused by uh, the limited number of study, also because stress is very personal experience, and you have to sort of go off what a person says, right? Mm-hmm. Um, now, uh, the authors also mention that there are some ethical constraints <laughs> <laughs> if you want to expose women to stressful procedures sufficient of sufficient length and intensity to cause a reproductive dysfunction. I was just thinking, like, these studies <laughs> that do this, right? Like, you're already putting a depressed woman in a study and then, like, okay, let's do more. Let's, just, yeah. Yeah, no, but they also, yeah, in this case... They just say that it's pe- probably not very ethical to actively cause stress to women. Huh. That's like... <laughs> wow. <laughs> if I learned anything. Today. <laughs> yeah. I okay. agree. Yeah, I agree too, yeah. So then they say that it's better to probably use an animal model in this case. 
<laughs> instead of putting stress on like human women, we put stress on rats. Yeah, trying to um, undergo fertility. Uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So when it comes to chronic, unpredictable, mild stress models in animal models, there are a couple of wildly accepted uh, methods in the field. And for this, I just have to go completely on what this paper says, because this is not my field and I have absolutely no clue. I don't stress out Come on, animals. Drosophila. I try not to stress out <laughs> animals. I don't know if my dog agrees, but... <laughs> Both of them. <laughs> so... The first one to cause stress is by restraining a mouse for a certain amount of time. Mm-hmm. Um, I read another paper that did this by putting them in a tube. Um, yeah. Uh, then you have isolation, so putting a, a, a rat alone in a cage. You can also do crowded housing, which is putting too many rats in a cage. <laughs> Basically, <laughs> you, like chickens, right? <laughs> you can tilt the cage that they also don't don't like. Uh, you can do day and night reversal. Uh, you can do cold stress. You can do forced swimming. You can make them fast. Or you can do water prohibition, which means limited water mm-hmm. supply. Now, all of these had some problems. Are, some of them are physical stressors. And that's not really what we're going for. We were going for psychological stress. So that's, that might have some side effect that we don't want. Then the day-night reversal dis- disrupts your entire endocrine system. So that also has, of course, an effect on your um, hormones and things. Mm-hmm. And that might interrupt with your um, reproductive system on its own. So that's also not what we want. And then things like fasting and water prohibition uh, causes weight loss that's not necessarily stress-induced. And that's also a thing that has an effect on your reproductive system, as we already know. Also not what we want. So... Um, they had to come up with something new. They also considered things like white noise for an object in a cage, because apparently putting a foreign object in a cage also stresses out the rats, and uh, inducing novel odor- odors. But they reasoned that this would not cause enough stress to actually have an effect on the reproductive system. And heads up, they were right. So uh, <laughs> they decided to design a new model for stress. Uh, and then they mentioned that there just happened to be a colleague who developed <laughs> an experimental producer using scream sounds for 21 days to induce stress. Um, <laughs> this required some optimization, I guess. Well, I mean... Yes, I figured it out that exactly 21 days of screaming, the screaming model will get there. I just, I just like that there just happened to be this yeah. colleague. <laughs> just when we wanted to research this, there happened to be this colleague that already did this. Yeah, science um, is weird like that. <laughs> and uh, his or her results showed that this worked and that there was a reduced body weight and that there were a high serum cortisone level, that the learning abilities were affected, that the immune organs were affected, uh, that the level of noradrenaline, dopamine and serotonin were affected. And that there were also metabolites in the brain affected. So this this stressor system worked. Did, did they <laughs> reference the, the paper of this colleague? Or is this like, yeah, it all no, works? No, no. <laughs> he, was, he was mentioned as um, the, stri- the scream sounds were kindly provided by Professor Chen Huang. So <laughs> kindly, <laughs> kindly. <laughs> this is my life's work, people. I, I want, is he on this paper? He isn't even as an author on this paper. Acknowledgements. Oh, oh wait. Sneaky. Those are the figures. Yeah, the authors would like to thank Prof. Chen Hong for assistance with scream sound audio. 
Benka. That's all you're getting for like yeah. figuring out this method. And then they say that this um, novel stressor scream sound was used in this study. Like they developed it. No. Yeah. No, Very your novel. colleague did it. <laughs> well, novel, because apparently it hasn't been published yet. Otherwise, they would have just referred to it, right? Yeah, I'm not 100% sure if they did, but I don't think so. They keep they keep mentioning him by name as, yeah. as like, oh, well. Okay, um, let's talk about what they actually did, right? Because this this is this is what we want to know. This is what the screaming for three weeks, how? Yes. Yes. Okay, so mice were housed in cages with four mice. Uh, rats. Yeah, <laughs> rats were housed <laughs> in cages with four rats. <laughs> uh, they were acclimatized for one week. Um, a total of 99 rats, which is a lot. <laughs> Who the hell does an experiment with 99 rats? I mean, it's so they did uh, one experiment or one experiment three times, I guess? Or uh, They did three different groups. Okay. With 99 mice in total. Okay. I mean... I I haven't seen the paper, obviously, so I don't know if the effect size was just that minimal that they needed that many mice. Uh, I don't know. I I think having many mice is just easier in China. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and they also uh, used so they split it up in three groups who got to hear different sounds, but they also later split them up in different groups for like. Um, for example, some mice were used for breeding and other ones were for another part of the experiment. So not all 33 mice in each group were like used for the same thing. Okay. Let's put it like that. So yes. they had some reasoning. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so these 99 uh, mice were split up in two, uh, four, three 33 mice group. One was a background group that just heard background noise. Uh, then there was a white noise group and one that was hearing the scream sounds that were kindly provided by <laughs> Professor Chen Wong. Kindly. <laughs> kindly, yes. So it was uh, played at 45 to 60 decibels mm -hmm. uh, out of speakers that were 50 centimeters above the cage and they heard three hours of it in the morning and three hours of it in the afternoon. Now, rats sleep during the day, right? Yeah. yeah so I mean, yeah. <laughs> just imagine your sleep being Nicely interrupted with scream sounds in the morning, <laughs> which is for you just when you go to sleep mm -hmm. and, and in the afternoon. <laughs> when you're supposedly to, you're supposed to be asleep. Yes. So I can imagine that this caused some stress. Uh, now, the background noise was 40 to 45 days bells. Um, and they later mentioned in the, in the um, discussion that a normal conversation is also 45 to mm. 60 days bells. So they don't make it so loud. Yeah. that actually the loudness is causing the stress. And they also have the white noise group at the same noise level. And spoilers, uh, the white noise group actually showed absolutely no difference between the background group. So that really shows that it's it's not the loudness. loudness. It's really the fact that there were people screaming at them over these, over these <laughs> boxes. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I guess it's just the the variety in the sound, right? I, I don't know what... These kindly provided uh, screaming sounds sounded like, obviously. Yeah, I, I really am sad that there was, there was no more audio about file it. About it. <laughs> A yeah. sampler of the audio file provided kindly by a Professor. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Contemplating his career in uh, academia after making this. Yeah. Okay. Let's talk about some of the tests that they did on these mice. 
So one of them was the sucrose preference test, okay. where you give mice the option between sucrose water with 1.5% sucrose and some normal water. Mm-hmm. And then you see how much you drink. Um, then another test they did was a forced swimming test. And they did this with eight rats from each group. Now, rats are quite good swimmers, and they are also quite good floaters. Um, mm. And the idea is that they let them swim for six minutes, and then in the last four minutes, they observe, and they check how much of the time they are just floating around without really trying to get out. Uh, apparently, this is a measure for stress, because the more stressed out a rat already has been, the less it's trying to swim. The will to live is gone. <laughs> I guess. Uh, they also did some uh, blood sampling at different time time points. Um, they also took vaginal smears at 7, 14, and 21 days. I feel so sorry for this PhD student. Mm-hmm. Or mouse student. technician yeah. or whoever did this. Rat technician. Yes. Rat technician, indeed. And they also, of course, sacrificed some, some of the mice. And then... They also sacrificed some of the rats and measured things like hormones and things like with ELISA. And they did histology of the ovaries uh, where the number of follicles was counted. They also did some uh, caspase tree and um, a tunnel assay mm-hmm. to look for apoptotic cells. Yeah, but in the... the... In the ovaries also. Okay, yeah. Um, and then 10, 10 mice of each group they used for breeding. Uh, and they did two two rounds of breeding. So one was directly after the 21 days of stress, screaming. Mm-hmm. Um, they were put with uh, proven males for 10 days. And then each day they were checked if they have uh, a vaginal plug, which is where you can see if a mouse... This is uh, pregnant or... or uh, yeah, rat, rats. Yeah, yes. rats, yes. Uh, <laughs> you got me doing it now, too. Yes, I <laughs> know, sorry. And then they did a second breeding round 10 weeks after the stress. And as soon as they found that the 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 that the rat had um, mated once, they were housed individually. Okay. We are very excited to be able to introduce you to our new sponsor, Jenny AI. Not only does Jenny make our podcast possible, it also makes our life as scientists so much easier. Jenny is an all-in-one writing assistant that has everything that we have been missing in other AI tools. Yes, first off, unlike other AI tools, it actually finds accurate information in papers and cites its sources. It does not make things up and only uses real verified information that you can then also check the source of. Second, it's a writing assistant trained for academic papers and helps you write your paper by suggesting the next sentence or the end of your sentence. Or, if you get really stuck, you can ask it to write an entire paragraph. Completely removing the writer's block I so often struggle with when I don't know the right words to make my point. It helped me write an introduction to a paper I've been struggling with in half an hour. It even suggests which papers to cite. You can add your own library or search the entire internet for papers. Just type the add symbol to easily add a reference and it gets automatically added to the reference list. And the last thing we absolutely love is that it has an AI chatbot that can see your document and give feedback on how to improve your manuscript. Or you can ask it questions, such as what are the potential therapeutic benefits of dot dot dot, and it will search through the papers for you for the answer. I can only say that my stress level has gone down significantly since I started using Jenny. Check out the free version now at thestrugglingscientist.com slash Jenny. And if you love it, use the code SCIENCE20 for a 20% discount. Okay, 
result. This is what we're all waiting for, right? Yes. <laughs> yeah? Yes. Okay. Da, 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 da. So first to um, confirm that this stressor had worked. So all these rats gained weight over time because they're young rats still growing into adulthood, basically. Mm-hmm. Uh, so they gained weight. But the screaming group, which is what I'm going to call them, um, gained less weight. Oh. So that's an indication of stress. But so every day these rats got screaming sounds provided to them in the morning uh, and in the afternoon. Yes. Um, and they gained less weight over the three-week period. Yeah. Okay. Uh, and it's significantly less weight. Yes. Than the, both the white noise and the... No, white noise had no effect. No, no, but significantly more than the white noise then. Signi- yes, yes, There yes, was no yes. different, yeah. Yes. Okay. And, you know. Yeah. Uh, somehow this never works for me. When I'm stressed, I gain weight. <laughs> <laughs> I wish I was more like these rats, but okay. I guess they don't have the option of eating uh, unhealthy like we do, though. Uh, well, actually, they got the option of drinking the sucrose. Yeah, okay. Um, and the screaming group was actually less interested in the sucrose than mm. the not than the, both the background and the white noise. Now we're getting interested. Yeah. So uh, also, this is not how it works for me. <laughs> um, <laughs> you need no sucrose water for me. <laughs> I like my sugar when I'm stressed. Mm. Um, the stress group also showed a lot more immobility time in the water when they had the forced water swimming test mm-hmm. um, and their cortisol levels were or cord levels were increased so all of this stress i mean if you're if you imagine these rats sort of sleeping throughout the day and then being woken up in the afternoon with this sound i can also just imagine that they're just tired they're not getting enough sleep uh, or but not. not getting enough sleep is also a form of stress yeah fair but yeah yeah Screaming works, I guess. Okay. And then they measured uh, different types of hormones. They measured estrogen, FSH, and LH. Estrogen is lower in the scream group, uh, mostly after the three week, full three weeks. Mm-hmm. Uh, FSH stayed the same. And LH showed a trend of being lower. But the standard deviations were a bit too big to be actually significant. But it, it does look slowly to become lower. We needed more mice. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I don't know how many we are in this group, but I think it was already quite a, quite a few. Yeah. Then they did the stainings. Um, and this is where it becomes a bit, le- a bit more com- complicated because this is where we need to know a bit more about follicles. And I did not. So I looked it up. I looked up the different stages of follicle differentiation because they start out in these sort of resting stages and then they slowly differentiate into a follicle basically mm-hmm. uh, and then when you become when you go into ovulation you you get one of these follicles at least human one that goes out and rats you have multiple that go out mm-hmm. and can become impregnated yeah um and this, this sort of steps in follicle differentiation, you have quite a few. You start out with oogonia, oogonia, um, and then the important ones is you have primordial, primary, secondary, tertiary, mm-hmm. and from tertiary onwards until pre-evolution, it's called the enteral phase, okay. which is sort of not the resting one anymore. Those are really now starting to differentiate more. 
and the primordial and primary and secondary are the preanthral phase, which is still more the resting phase and is more your actual reserve of follicles that will in the future still be able to differentiate, right? Yeah. Okay. But so, if I don't know if you know the answer, but um, so do the only the the uh, follicles that you can use for actually making a baby then go to primary, secondary, or de- or like all of them sort of slowly go through that? Uh, I am not. I I I think the entire preanthral phase mm. um fine, is still resting mm-hmm. and. Uh, let me see. I know nothing about follicle development, so I'm like, well, maybe yeah, I'm no, not. I'm pretty sure that from the anthral phase onwards, it's really more, um, the the differentiation version, basically. Okay. But don't 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 quote. Uh, <laughs> not an look this up if you actually need to know it because I'm not an expert. Mm. Okay. Then what they found? Um, they found less primordial. Follicles. So those are the ones that are before activation. They're still dormant. Mm-hmm. They found increased atretic follicles, which is basically dying follicles, mm. which they found with the apoptotic also stainings. Mm-hmm. And they found a slight trend towards primary. So when you look again at this, well, when I look again at mm. this, um, differentiation stages stages the primordial are really the first the first version that's still the resting ones mm-hmm. um, and then you have less of those and a bit more of the primary so that's already the first step of differentiation that they're going into that's not su- significantly more but there was a trend towards they found no differences in the anthral follicles so those are the ones that are um, the last phase of differentiation before ovulation yes they did find more less anti-malurian hormone, which is a, a hormone that is made by developing follicles. So even though you don't have, you have the same amount of developing follicles, the same amount of follicles, you have lower of this hormone. Mm-hmm. And they found in the screaming group uh, a lot, and I looked at the picture, there's actually a lot more apoptotic cells in those follicles of the scream group. Mm. Um and also, they found it both with the tunnel and with the caspase 3 stainings. Mm. Um, and this was only in those already further along follicles, so the yeah. anthral phase, basically. Yeah, so not really the early, super early, but like the sort of, there's the shift towards the primary, and along the way, you also have the apoptosis happening. Yeah, when they, when they get further along. Yeah. Yeah, so you have less of the, the, um, yeah, the, the, Storage, basically. Yeah, the, the precursor. The precursor, the resting ones. Mm-hmm. And more of them are pushed into differentiation. Mm-hmm. But then the ones that are pushed into differentiation become apathetic somewhere along the way. Yeah. So you, in the end, don't have more of the ones in differentiation because some of them might already died. Yeah. So uh, you end up with the same amount. That That's at least what their conclusion is. Yeah, okay. Yeah, so they found a lot of apathetic cells in the growing follicles, but not in the the primordial or primary follicle cells. So there's no direct evidence that there's apoptotic in these very first stages, mm-hmm. only in the further further along. Um, then they did this breeding. Now, the same amount of mating actually happened between the mice, so that was not less. Yeah. Uh, however, 
they found a smaller litter size. And I think I read that the, the normal mice had a little, well, the control mice or the even the, the uh, rats yeah. or even the, um, the control mice or the white noise night. Um, the control rats or the white noise rats had 13 pups per litter. Oh, damn. Well, yeah, it's quite well, a lot, no? But that's per mouse, per female mouse, per or just in total? Let me look it up again. That seems like a lot of babies in one. Uh, I know rats are bigger than mice, but damn. <laughs> Why are we using mice then? Yeah. So the, the control group mm-hmm. have uh, an average of 13 pups in a litter mm-hmm. and uh, also the white noise 13 but and the yeah. scream mice have only nine pups in litter on average but if i remember correctly at the beginning you said they, they did two rounds of breeding with these females right yes so uh, that okay. was at the first one mm-hmm. but then also at the second round after 10 weeks mm-hmm. they still found that the stressed mice had less pups okay they don't exactly sh- tell how many, I believe, but it was still significant. Okay. However, the 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 time between the mating and the having the pups is still the same. So there's no mm. estrogen cycle problem there, basically. Yeah, and I, they're still able to have pups to just last. Yeah. Okay. So they really think that it's because they have this less variant reserve and not necessarily because their estrogen cycle is weird because that seems to be normal. They didn't specifically test for it, mm-hmm. but yeah. Um, did they report anything at all on like a skew between male and female mice in terms of like the pups or rats? Sorry. No. No. Okay. No. Nothing. Yeah. Nothing about male. No. Okay. Yeah. So. Don't get screamed discussion, at the right? <laughs> yes, don't get screamed at a lot. So in the discussion, they discussed that the white noise was just as loud as the stressor noise, the screams, mm-hmm. um, and that the white noise was literally negative at everything, just the same as the control group. So that's really nice. So not about the loudness of the loudness of the the, the, the screams, sound, yeah. but it was really about screams, which is an effect on itself, I think, and quite <clears throat> interesting. Like, why do mice care? much that there's somebody screaming at them instead of just hearing white noise but that's a different different type of research yeah i mean i would guess it's probably has to do with like again we don't know what the actual screams sounded like obviously but i guess it probably has to do with like the change in the the, i don't know because i mean i think that we also did like that mozart paper as well right like where they investigated the different types of sounds uh and also compared like beethoven versus mozart and there were just some there's something inherently different between the sounds and how they're presented. Yeah. So I would guess it's something along those lines that if a mouse hears the white noise, especially for three weeks, uh, they're like, well, yeah, nothing's going to happen. Yeah. Although I would guess that with, with the sound, the screaming as well, that at a certain point they just realized nothing's going to happen. Yeah. And then they also discuss these primordial follicles, which are basically what your follicle ovary reserve is. Mm-hmm. made out of those are the ones that are still resting that can still over a woman's lifespan become more differentiated and those were actually the ones that were decreased because of this stress so that's a really strong result i think mm-hmm. they reiterate that there's no apoptosis in this but it might be caused because um, they get pushed toward activating and then those proliferating cells are targeted by stress to go into apoptosis so that's basically their main conclusion, I would say. 
that stress is not good for you and that you should avoid it. <laughs> yeah. But, 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 is it time for us to put on our reviewer number two hats? <laughs> sure, sure. I honestly wondered, granted, they're already using 99 female rats. Mm -hmm. um, well, I think it would have also been interesting, maybe this might be a follow-up study from this same group at some point, to use male rats and sort of pair switch them at a certain point in terms of breeding, like see how the male rats and female rats, if they both get the, the stress, how that affects... Your... I do wonder if, if it's also... But the problem is, I think that for men, you don't really have these long-term effects that... I mean, sperm always stays somewhat active, right? Mm. Decreases somewhat during age, but it's not like with women that you only have this limited amount of eggs. And in this case, they really show that this this stressor effect mm -hmm. stays after 10 weeks also, which is quite a long time for a rat. So it's not just a, a, a thing that goes away, basically. No, fair, fair. But I mean, now we don't know, for example, if male rats are also impacted in some way, right? You know, it could overall uh, reduce their performance. Uh, if true, you true. So. But yeah. Not the uh, not within the scope of this study. <laughs> I would say. I still insist these researchers. <laughs> you would make such a good re uh, reviewer too. Of course, I asked the difficult questions. Can you also throw in some more rats into this? Oh yeah. Overall, quite interesting that mm -hmm. they decided to play screaming sounds to rats for three weeks. I still feel like this colleague, while he has been mentioned multiple times in, in this paper, should have like gotten more, um, more credits. Cred yes. <laughs> but okay, okay. I want to know if profess this professor exists. You know, it's, we can we can always acknowledge people who don't exist. <laughs> well, I had fun reading it. Yeah. What so? What was the thing that actually shocked you at first? Like I, I remember I heard you reading it and you're like, ah. Oh. It was actually about the fact that they had to mention that there's some ethical result, uh, <laughs> <laughs> ethical problems with putting you, like human woman like through Ooh. stressors to reduce their reproduction. Yeah. Um, that they had to mention this so so extensively in the introduction. I, I yeah, yeah. And that is why we could not perform this. Take that, reviewer <laughs> number two. Yeah. yeah, I thought it was funny. Mm -hmm. But in terms of like stimuli that animal models get exposed to that humans do not necessarily get exposed to, we do get exposed to a lot of stress. Every now and then we get the occasional screaming. Do we get the occasional screaming every day? No, but we do get chronic stress. Sure. Especially with jobs like a PhD and... Uh... <laughs> no, for sure. But I guess in terms of just... Yeah, I don't know. I feel like this... The stressor, while they obviously show that it has an effect, it's such a detached stressor from everything else, right? Because imagine if you have stress, I also think then probably your sleep quality is going down or other mm -hmm. bit. And in this case, it's sort of just like just the sound of screaming specifically does yeah, this. Yeah, but they actually try to on purpose no, of course. do that yeah, because yeah. you just really... want to stress. And yeah, to I'm isolate it, yes. pretty sure that they had the problem with sleeping because they usually sleep during the day and they played the sound during the day. So mm -hmm. I think that played a role, but... Yeah. Yeah, the, the white noise was just as loud, so... Yeah. I don't know. I really wish this would have been my... not If, if I had to... Ex if I were a reviewer on this... 
And it was like my the hill that I would like to die on for this paper. I wanted the audio clip of like <laughs> the screaming. So I want to hear what these rats went through. I am actually on. I I I didn't see any supplementary. They're supplementary. This seems like it's the most important thing of the entire paper, and yet, like, we don't know what uh, was it. Death metal? Was what was it? Was it the professor himself screaming in his office, considering his career choices? We don't know. I do know that um, the gra the grant for this <laughs> was put out by the Sansi Provincial Provincial Natural Science Basic Research Program. So there you go. Okay. That was also an important question. Huh? But I don't I don't see the the, the clip. <laughs> I do know that the the web page where I the the social media where I first saw it on the I fucking love science uh, social media pages. Um, say that it was scared screaming sounds. <laughs> okay. I don't know how they got to that, but yeah, yep. Okay. <laughs> As opposed to happy screaming. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Now this raises up even more questions. Uh huh. Okay, but uh, need to keep an eye on out on this research group until their next publication using. Uh, mm -hmm. Yeah. Okay. Cool. Cool. I've learned some stuff today. Yes. Do not scream at my girlfriend. <laughs> <laughs> don't do that anyway. I will scream uh, back. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. We don't know what effect it will have no, on you so far, but it will not be good. I no, can tell my you. Luck that somehow much. will be even more detrimental. Yes. <laughs> more detrimental than fertility, yes. <laughs> okay. Yes. Well, it was fun again. I um, enjoyed, really enjoyed this, uh, the reading this paper. Um, and if you have any. Questions, comments, suggestions, papers we need to read, science that you're super interested in, or or you want to be a guest on our podcast, definitely reach out to us either via our website, thestrongingscientist.com, or via our email address, thestrongingscientist at hotmail.com. Um, and also definitely check out the merch that we have now on our website, thestrongingscientist.com. We now ship to Europe and the USA, and we... Um, are really hoping that you like it. Yes. Um, you can also follow us on social media. And Jaden, which ones are those again? Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, LinkedIn, and a little bit on Pinterest. Yes. Also, please leave us a review on Spotify or Apple I or iTunes or Apple Podcasts. It really yes. helps out our podcast and helps us grow. Yes. So. It makes us go higher in the ratings. And yes. in the, in the, in the, in we the... want to be the number one life science podcast in the Philippines. How how many are we now? I think 22 or 23. So we're almost there. <laughs> maybe. We help us, people. Help us. Especially people from the Philippines. Please, please rate us. India too. Colombia. <laughs> we're also getting up there, but help us. <laughs> yes. Okay. Paul, well, thank you all for listening. Bye. Bye.